this is Reverend John Ferret, and welcome to a new podcast series from Light of Menorah. And it's in, been entitled Truth Nuggets. Emet Goshim. These are going to be short lessons, I hope five to ten minutes to fifteen minutes long, to reconnect us to those believers 2,000, 3,000 years ago and to ask again, what did they hear? What did they see? What did they understand? So that for us, our understanding is strengthened. The understanding that we have of God's word is enhanced and enriched. Now the focus of Light of Menorah is not theology, but it's on Bible history. In Bible history, as we put the Bible in context, it supports our theology. And we begin to see the origins of our doctrine. So we're going to study the Bible in its historical context, connecting to those ancient cultures. We do this via archaeology. We do this via history, geography, the customs and culture of the ancient Middle East, the customs and culture of ancient Israel, call it the Jewish roots of our faith, and even the languages of the ancient Middle East. And again, as we try and see and hear those who first heard his word, it was written to them in their days. Thus, we can get a deeper view of what God really meant. Dr. Craig Keener, he is a recognized evangelical Christian Bible scholar, a recognized and credible Bible historian. He has, oh my goodness, many books. His One of his latest is the uh, Cultural Background Study Bible. He was also a key person in the development of the IVP Bible Background Commentary on the New Testament, the Inner Varsity Press Bible Background Commentary of the New Testament. It's, I highly recommend it as a resource for all Christians. And he makes a quote that I'd like to read from the IVP Bible Background Commentary in the introduction. And he says this, Knowing ancient culture is critical to understanding the Bible, especially the passages most foreign to us. Our need to recognize the setting of the biblical writers does not deny that biblical passages are valid for all time. The point is, they're not valid for all circumstances. Different texts in the Bible address different situations. Before we can determine the sorts of circumstances to which those passages most directly apply to us, we need to understand what circumstances they originally addressed to them. There's a great example that I want to use in our first truth nugget. And this comes from Psalm 118, verse 24. Reading from the New American Standard, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, many Christians, even myself, take this thing completely out of textual context. We forget about the verses that came before and we forget about the verses that came after. We say this is about today. We say this every day. Today is the day the Lord hath made. And I know for me, I started saying, well, wait a minute. 
This is the day the Lord hath made. What about September 11, 2001? We call it 9-11. Or December 7, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor, which sent my dad to Iwo Jima and Okinawa. So this doesn't make sense. There's no real rejoicing in 9-11. There's no real rejoicing in Pearl Harbor. There was no real rejoicing on the date that Himmler and the Nazi party actually put together the final solution of the Jewish people, which resulted in the Holocaust. I don't think that's a day that God, well, yet God is there. He's with us. But it's a difficult time to rejoice. So it seems like we're taking it out of context and it loses its intended meaning. So I suggest that we miss the original meaning that God intended. What we just read is related to something that Jesus said. This is in Matthew 21, verses 42 and 43. Jesus is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, and he's talking to them in the temple courts and he says did you ever did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected this became the chief cornerstone this came about from the lord and is marvelous in our eyes therefore i say to you the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and given to the people producing its fruit now Jesus is actually, and and for us too, Jesus is actually relating to the fact that he is the stone rejected by the builders. And in Jesus' day, what's amazing, we have Jewish resources that say that the Torah teachers, which would be the scribes and those rabbis who were part of the Pharisees, were the builders. Jesus is talking directly to the Pharisees and his fellow rabbis and the scribes that they are the builders and they're the ones that rejected him. You can find this in the Babylonian Talmud in Shabbat 114a. Now the rabbis in Jesus' day, they looked upon it differently. When they looked upon these verses as the stone rejected, they looked upon it as David. And David became the chief cornerstone. And definitely God did some something awesome. God takes the throne. This was definitely the day the Lord hath made from their perspective because this began the kingdom of Israel. And David comes in the name of the Lord. You can read this in 1 Samuel 17, 45. David is addressing Goliath. And David is saying to him, I'm coming in the name of the Lord. So this is amazing when we take a look again at that verse in its context. I'm going to read it all now. I'm going back to Psalm 118, and I'm going to start in verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And we all can agree that quite definitely what David, what God did to anoint David, the youngest of Jesse's family, a boy, this is amazing. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. All of Israel rejoiced that the kingdom of Israel was established with God's king, David, a man after his own heart. Verse 25, O Lord, do save, we beseech you. O Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. We read in verse 26 that 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And David actually said that to Goliath. But for the first Messianic Jews, in Jesus' day, they're looking at Jesus as the Messiah. He's descendant of David. And they hear Jesus talking about the stone rejected. And indeed, they see this relates to Jesus. Jesus is using this verse. Jesus one day will become the chief cornerstone. This is the day the Lord has made. It's not today. It's not tomorrow. In its historical context, it means something totally different. And so when we misapply it by taking out of its textual context and out of its historical context, we misapply it to our circumstances today. And it's easily done because we have abandoned biblical history and understanding the Bible in its original context. We take it out of the historical context, we take it out of the textual context, and it redirects the meaning. So what day is it? What day is the day the Lord has made? Today? Tomorrow? No, I agree. Let, let's definitely live each day to rejoice in the Lord and praise Him. Oh, I agree. Yes, His mercies and grace are new each morning. This is a quotation from the book of Lamentations. But in textual context and historical context, when does the stone rejected become the chief cornerstone? For the Jews in Jesus' day, they looked upon it possibly as David. He was the rejected stone, the youngest son of Jesse, rejected by Saul, rejected by many. Saul tried to chase him for years to kill him, but David finally became the king of Israel. And then his son Solomon took over to build a house. This was the glory days of the nation of Israel. So indeed, the Lord did this. It was marvelous in their eyes. But for us, Jesus says he's the stone rejected. And when will be the day that we will rejoice and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. This is when Jesus returns and he takes the throne of David in Jerusalem. What a day. What an event. Truly, it is the day the Lord has made. Shalom. Shalom.